Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. Um, my name is Matt. I will be your host for the evening because Tommy is in the Big Apple on vacation. Uh, this is a special edition of the of Father-Son Packers podcast, the uncle-nephew version. Um, subbing in for Tommy is his cousin, Eli. Eli, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing doing pretty well. So when Tommy recorded a solo episode earlier this season, I was I was a little disappointed I got the snub, but uh, <laughs> I, I was happy when when Matt reached out to me uh, for for doing this week. Yep, and that was so Tommy. I'm gonna like, and I'll be your host for this evening. I said that kind of sounds like the I don't know if any of you have been in the Disney Haunted Mansion ride, <laughs> the 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 opening monologue of the ride. Or uh, or Ghostbusters, kind of... you seem more like a game show host. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually kind of stiff. So, well, I've been a scientist. Now I'll be a game show host. Sounds good. Um, so, not too much in the way of news this week. Um, the Packers uh, cut running back James Robinson from the practice squad and signed running back Ellis Merriweather, a rookie from UMass, to the practice squad. So, uh, um, Merriweather played a couple preseason games for the Saints. Uh, the Saints fandom was gearing up. They were calling him uh, Pierre Thomas 2.0. Uh, they said he had flashes of Adrian Peterson. Uh, so, maybe it's exciting that we got him on our practice squad, but I think if either of those things were true, he would still be a Saint. So, we'll see how it turns <laughs> out. Oh, the Saints, we don't need anybody as good as that. <laughs> Adrian Peterson, pah. <laughs> Yeah, I did hear somebody say they knew um, that they 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 liked his uh, play in college. Anyway, I heard on some mm-hmm. some podcast. Him or who said that? But uh, yeah, we'll see. I think uh, I was also thinking that after it was like right after um, Emmanuel Wilson's like whatever forty yards and a couple of carries in the last game. It's like you know what? <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, but. So moving on to the injury report, it is extensive. Um, for the Steelers, they are going to be down two starters, the big one being Minka Fitzpatrick, their starting safety, um, and, um, who has really been a stalwart on their defense since they he came there from the, uh, I think it was the Miami Dolphins. And they'll also be down uh, former Packer, former Packer third-round pick, I think, Montrevious Adams or maybe he was even earlier, um, who's currently second on the Steelers in defensive line snaps. Now, those snaps might be taken up by Cam Hayward, who's been coming back from injury, who is you know, a much better player, actually, and rookie um, was from Wisconsin, I believe, Keanu Benton. And they both actually, so Benton and uh, Hayward both set like season high in snaps last week when um, Adams got hurt. Now, for the Packers... It's a much more concerning uh, pile of injuries. First, uh, there's nobody ruled out. However, Jair Alexander and Quay Walker are both doubtful uh, to play after having a DNP in every single practice this week. And for Alexander, it wasn't even the back injury that was bothering him before that kept him out for a couple of games. Um, it's a new shoulder injury that I guess happened um, some point during during the game against the Rams. And Quay Walker, I think it's the same um, injury that um, the groin injury that made him miss the last game that popped up in the middle of practice. Did Jair come out early against the Rams or did he play the full game? 
I think he played the full game. I mean, I don't know if they pulled him out for a few snaps at the end, kind of like what they did with Jenkins and put um, when they put Sean Ryan back in for a second stint near right. the end of the game. But I don't. I am not sure. I'd have to look up what the snap counts were. I could pull that up if you're wondering. <laughs> um, or if you want to look that up, let's see. I can give that a quick. Uh... Well, why don't you? I'll, I'll, I'll move on instead of uh, rummaging rounds. But we also have a couple of questionable players as well. Um, Kenny Clark, who got the shoulder injury in the last game, and Rudy Ford, who missed the last game. They're questionable. And then we have three start, uh, um, starting offensive linemen who are also questionable. Um, Josh Myers, Josh Nyman, and John Runyon, all of whom started um, the last game. So that's less than ideal. Yeah, and this is a matchup where we're going to want our, our best offensive lineman. This is going to be uh, a, a, a tough one with, with a couple folks out. Yeah, so that, that's, that's the, I think, the, the, the most worrisome part about the whole thing is how they're going to stand up. And a big, the biggest question probably for the whole game is how the Packers going to stand up against the Steelers pass rush when they're on offense. And so that's, you know, and if we're missing three starters on um, the offensive line, that uh, is something to worry about. But we can, um, but I think, oh, the one other thought I had about the uh, the injury report is that so with Ford questionable, though he was able to practice a fair amount this week, maybe limited um, all week, I think. Um, yeah. So what do they do at safety? Last week, actually, with that kind of late fill-in of Jonathan Owens and Anthony Johnson Jr. or AJJ, they did pretty well. You know, will they just, even if Ford is available, will they kind of stick to the stick to the plan or not yeah i so last week the the tough thing to compare to is you know it is a little bit easier to do well when you are uh playing against brett rickian (laughs) as opposed to matt stafford uh so did they hold up like pff wise uh in those categories as well they had pretty good PFF grades. Um, I can actually tell you that pretty s- soon. I've got that up now. Yeah, uh, well, I guess Anthony Joseph Jr. was about average um, for his grade. Um, and Jonathan Owens, a little bit above average. So they, they did okay. Yeah. I, um, against Kenny Pickett, average and a little bit above average might be plenty fine. Yes. Yeah. I mean – Pickett is better than Rippon, but he, it's not like we're going against, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen in this game. Right, right. But they do have some, like, but like the Rams, they have some good receivers. Yes. Um, so let's get on to, do you have anything more you wanted to add um, about the the injury report, or shall we move on to our... Uh, I, I think most of my concerns are from the injury report report you're going to touch on later when you're talking about some of the strengths for the Steelers that we have to worry about. Oh, and just for your information, I looked up, it looks like Jair played a full complement of snaps in the last game. Okay. So whatever it was that popped up, if it popped up during the game, I don't think it uh, got him off the field. Mm Mm-hmm. 
something that a little bit of adrenaline might have covered up, but then you know, yes. got yes. got sore after the fact. Um, so quick facts: the game is going to be a start time is noon central in Pittsburgh, where the Packers have not won since I think like 1970 when Bart Starr was the QB. Maybe using like <laughs> player coach. I'm not sure. The forecast is for a high in the upper 40s and partly sunny, so pretty good football conditions. Yeah. And last I checked, the Steelers are favored by three with an over-under line of 39 and an implied score of Steelers 21 to Packers 18, which, you know, it might be the under on that one in terms of how many, at least for the first half, I'm not expecting a whole lot of points from either team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we could go on to the meat of the of our of our uh, the pod, and that's keeping it. Well, what Tommy was called keeping up with the Joneses, and he is not talking about Aaron and Caleb. And he always says, "I couldn't keep up with either one of them, <laughs> unless I was in a car, and maybe a, maybe a good one." Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, Coming in, the Steelers are five and three, with all five of their wins coming by one score or less, and all three of their losses by double digits. Despite the winning record, the Steelers are actually outscored on the season. They only average 16.6 points on offense and give up 20.4 points per game on defense. And they're getting out outgained like a hundred yards per game. However, they are second in the NFL in turnover margin at plus eight. Green Bay, for comparison, is minus two. So I think that last point is the only thing that's keeping the Steelers out of uh, what I'd like to call the uh, fraud watch sponsored by the Minnesota Vikings from last year. Uh, so I, I don't think their 5-3 record is fraudulent, even though their games are are close. Uh, to me, to me, that feels like a, a pretty solid representation of how they're how they're doing, considering how how strong their defense is performing. Yeah, and that's the, that's the strength of the team is is the, the sort of the disruption. Um, though they are giving up, you know, some yards, but they're able to make the big plays. Mm-hmm. Um, on offense overall, by DVOA, they're they're 18th overall, um, little little ahead of Green Bay's 20 21st ranking. Um, 20, but they're only 21st in passing to Green Bay's 14th, and 22nd in rushing to Green Bay's 25th. So neither team is particularly good at running the football. Both in the bottom bottom third of the league. On yeah, defense, I, however, oh, go ahead. You want to you want to talk about how, the, the the defense? I was I was going to say uh, for for running the football, uh, the uh, Steelers have a slightly more mixed uh, rushing attack. Uh, they move the ball around uh, the backfield a little bit more, head to the sidelines a, a little bit more aggressively than Green Bay does. So even though they are both, uh, you know, performing not so great, they are pr- doing it in different ways. Um, so it, <laughs> there are it'll lots be of different ways to, to be that. bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens in that. And, and uh, the big difference between the teams is – the defense. By DVOA, Steelers are seventh overall, while Green Bay's 
22nd. So these DVOA numbers are from FTNFantasy.com, the, the, sort of the, the, the current home for DVOA. Um, the Steelers are seventh against the pass, and Green Bay is only 25th. So this is interesting. And, and the Steelers are not so good against the run. They're only 16th against the run, and Green Bay is 19th. So Green Bay has managed to turn their defense on his head and be better against the run than they are against the pass now. Which that, is really kind of yeah, it's baffling after seeing seeing last year uh, getting obliterated by the Eagles, uh, giving up record numbers to Jalen Hurts. So uh, it's at least comforting seeing them move towards the you know middle of the pack on that. But uh, I still don't feel good. Like it it's not <laughs> it's not good it, enough where I feel confident. It's just I no longer feel a little sickly it, looking at it. Right. The question we'll find out is: it just the uh, the luck of the schedule or not? Right. Something something will something that will eventually become self evident. Yeah. Um, so moving on to our more, more sort of, you know um, deeper analysis of the teams and how they match up. Get on to our general thoughts of the game and this to the section that Tommy thinks I always have trouble figuring out anything nice to say about the other team. So it's the hey now play nice. He thinks I'm just like I don't know. Um, play, playground bully. So like, I, I think I, it's a I, lot I, easier. I'm Mo, Mo looking for like Calvin out of the out of the playground somewhere. If you guys <laughs> know, know that uh, Calvin Hobbs reference. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, in the early weeks when you were playing against the Bears, it was it was a little <laughs> harder to work this seg- segment. But uh, this, you know, there's there's some parts of this team that we're kind of afraid of. So I. I I think you have uh, you didn't have as much trouble this time coming up with ideas. Right, we can just say that the teams we put that, that the teams were so bad that we didn't have it after. It was hard to find something nice to say about them. But why don't yeah. you why don't you go first, Eli? About uh, for this section, what you um, think are what something the Steelers are good at? That we... uh, sure. So uh, one of one of the things that I think the Steelers have uh, excelled at in their offense that is a little shaky uh, is they're they're uh, getting the ball to Jalen Warren and giving him opportunities to uh, make plays from the backfield, but uh, very efficiently. So he's uh, making a lot of backfield receptions and then uh, getting seven or so yards per reception, uh, even on an average depth of target of negative 1.3 yards. Uh, so he's been a consistent checkdown option for Kenny Pickett. Uh, with uh, Pat Fryermuth has been out for a, a couple weeks, uh, but uh, Jalen Warren still still getting the ball and it, those short-ish uh, yardage gains they need, he's been able to do it um, pretty consistently in the air. It's like not quite Alvin Kamara esque, but uh, he is making those kind of uh, receiving plays. Uh, so from Paul Brettel on Packers Wire, uh, he says that most of Warren's pass catching opportunities have come out of the backfield where he made a number of splash plays, ranking 10th among all running backs in receiving yards and 5th in yards after the catch. Uh, his draft profile talked a lot about how he was kind of hard to tackle uh, and uh, would move well in that regard. So uh we will want the Packers tackling to be on point uh, if they're, you know, pitching the ball out to Warren on, uh, you know, inside, outside. He's all over the place. Uh, 
So if you look at the heat map of where Jalen Warren has been getting the ball, it's it's everywhere. Slightly favored on the right side, but he's he's all over the place. Uh, so that's yeah. Uh, Kenny Pickett's like safety blanket uh, on like uh, late downs is get the ball to Jalen Warren. And he, he's uh, you know getting yards very efficiently. Yeah, and relying on the Packers tackling efficiently efficiency can be kind of a fraught prospect. Right. Um, so we'll see though. I think they've been a little better than that. And they're, they're, they're um, inside linebackers have been actually quite good this year. So hopefully for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people felt like Warren has been a more efficient back for than uh, Najee Harris for a couple of years now. Um, but I think because of his size, uh, there's always this thing that they won't um, just give him the full-time work, even though he seems a, he's pretty solidly built and it is actually, I think holds up decently in pass pro as well. Um, He's, he's a pretty, pretty tough uh, running back. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I kind of just stuck to the low-hanging fruit of the Steelers' defense. So as you mentioned before, they're like seventh in the league um, in a number of metrics. And a lot of that, I feel like, is built on their pass rush. So in addition to being in the top 10 by DVOA, they're also in the top 10 by uh, um Expected points added per play on defense, um, including being ninth in, in uh, um, per dropback per pass play. Um, the pass rush is really what does it for them too. Their adjusted sack rate by DVOA is ranked sixth in, in the NFL, um, and per they are also sixth in pass rush per PFF grade. So basically, anywhere you look, they, the numbers are in agreement. Sometimes different sources have different uh, opinions on a team's quality, but Everybody knows, like, yeah, this is a team that has a good pass rush. And a lot of it is driven by T.J. Watt, though their other um, edge rusher, uh, Highsmith, yes. yeah. is also very good. Um, he'd probably get more attention if he wasn't playing next to a potential, you know, defensive player of the year candidate in, in Watt. Um, if you don't believe in that half sacks are a thing, then he's then Watt is tied for the league lead with 10 sacks. Um, and he's eighth in PFF's um, pass rush grade and ninth in total pressures with 29. And Highsmith is 17th in uh, the um, pass rush grade and has, and he has five sacks of his own and is 14th in pressures with um, 38. So together there, they got, you know, as a duo, they're among the league leaders and teammates with uh, pressures and sacks. I, I think it's important that you bring up Highsmith here because, like, last week we had a pretty scary matchup in Aaron Donald, but we that was somewhat well-contained, all things considered. Um, but I think the dual threat and especially, uh, like, if how aggressively T.J. Watt is standing on the edge, uh, you know, he's, he's looking to make that play every time and if if you also have to deal with another competent uh uh rusher in in highsmith it makes it a lot more difficult especially if you're running low on personnel due to injury <laughs> yeah the other thing that's interesting is like so we did a pretty good job on donald who's lining up inside um and had a couple games basically blown up by edge rushers max crosby and uh, aiden hutchinson the mm-hmm. lions and the uh um raiders even though the the general consensus is our tackles are better than our interior linemen. <laughs> so ma- figure out what that means. 
because I, I don't know if it means I don't know what it means. Uh, it so Aaron Donald has like a huge double team percentage, but like also the Rams have at this point traded away so many players that he's kind of a one man army on their. It line. could be that they just have very little um, around them at this. That makes it a little bit easier because he is. Yeah, he I, is I don't think they still... have anyone else in like the top thirty by PFF for uh, uh, D line pressure. Yeah. But and speaking of D line for the Steelers, um, they're they're basically getting I think their best D lineman back in Cam Hayward. He 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 played week one, missed like the next what six seven weeks, and then started playing last week. Um, so keep an eye on him as well. I think he's out. It looks like he's basically cleared, even though he was um, limited for the week and he even had a DNP, but then didn't have a designation on the um, the final injury report. So some of these things always, this section often leads in pretty, dovetails pretty neatly with the next and what we're nervous about. Um, what are some of the vulnerabilities the Packers might have in this specific matchup that make you nervous? Um, you want to you take that first? Sure. Uh, so the, the main thing I'm worried in, like this is a little generic, but uh, is drive killing penalties, uh, especially in like the first quarter. Uh, so with the Steelers having such a strong pass defense and specifically pass, pass rush, man, pass rush is one that I'm not going to be able to say consistently. <laughs> Just trying to uh, say like pass, 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 pass rush. rush win rate. Yeah, there pass we go. block win rate. <laughs> uh, but with uh, how how low of a completion rate they allow it makes it a lot more difficult to overcome the like larger yardages you need like it it's uh uh, when you can't consistently make the plays uh it makes it harder to chip away at the yardages you lose from those penalties so if you're if you're against a defense that either allows you to you know consistently get those six or seven yard plays uh you're going to be okay but that is not what this uh Steelers defense is allowing at least in the passing game it's a little little more lenient in the run but uh you don't want to be relying on uh, running for 15 or 20 yards uh, for a set of downs. Yeah, and we've ha- not had a good record this year of um, success when we get behind the chains. Yeah, and you don't want to be in a must-pass situation. We'd like to avoid as many of those must-pass situations as possible in this game. Yes. So just like draw a bullseye on uh, um, Love's back. Just just turn that turn that zero in the number ten into a little bull, a little 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 target. Yeah, so I guess I, you know, uh, penalties and sacks are both things we would very much like to avoid. Yes. And sometimes they can go hand in hand, hand in hand. We we'll yeah. got a couple of uh, false starts and other, you know, procedural penalties that should never happen for any reason, and yep. then be facing, you know, second and first and ten, and first and fifteen, second and twenty, and then yeah. And, and we've had a bunch of drive killing penalties so far, and, and this, hopefully it's hopefully it's getting better. I feel like the impression is getting a little better. It it, um, it felt better last week. I I didn't really look into the stats for for just last game, but uh, season wide, we have almost half of our penalties in the first quarter, uh, <laughs> and we have sixty six percent in the first half. So. <laughs> Almost half in the first quarter. Well, you know, that kind of tracks with our uh, 
scoring prowess in right. the first quarter. This is, is it go hand in hand. Um, yeah. So, you know, if we can, if we can stay disciplined, maybe, you know, we won't have to rely on, you know, late game frantic passing in the second half and that could help us as well. Yeah. And so what I have is basically, I'm just, I'm just keep hammering home the same topic essentially. So I'm worried about is the, uh, the Packers left tackle situation against the Steelers pass rush, whether it's Yash Nyman or Rashid Walker, and maybe they won't, you know, they, they won't have a choice. Uh, we'll see. Um, the Packers are only are only 20th in adjusted sack rate, um, DVA adjusted sack rate per FTN fantasy. And both, both though both Nyman and Walker are graded as above average in PFF pass block rate, though they've had some struggles and each have given up sacks and pressures. So you know, some of that, uh, the PFF grades, you know, may be inflated by some easy matchups um, as opposed to when they've had some tougher matchups. And the second thing I'm worried about is who's going to be lining up at cornerback for this game? What in the world is going to be happening? You know, beginning of the year, we're talking about, oh, we've got like one of the deepest corner groups in the whole league. We got Jair and we got uh, Rasul and Stokes is going to come back. And the rookie Carrington Valentine looks amazing in camp. And now if Jair's shoulder keeps him from playing, then our top two outside corners seem like they're going to be, you know, Valentine and Valentine. Um, but both playing outside, uh, a rookie and, you know, an, an undrafted, mostly practice squad player for his so career. If Jair is healthy, do you think they'll mostly play Carrington Valentine, who had kind of a hot week last week? He was graded uh, pretty well. He uh, blanketed Puka Nakua, and uh, I think he was targeted eight times and gave up either one or two catches. Yeah, Valentine played really well, and I think he's definitely the preferred player there on the on one of the corners, um, and that you know he might come out for a little bit of rest here and there. But I think they're going to keep him on the field as much as possible. But if if not, the the only their their outside corners seem to be Valentine and Valentine. You know, they're yep. going up against uh, the Steelers' top two receivers, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. They both primarily line up outside. Neither one really does that much in the slot. And per yeah, and PFF I'm grade, kind of a. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's like Pickens is a lead at you know, everything deep, so everything beyond 10 yards. Um, so from 10 to 20, he's, he's a, his grade is elite. From 20 and beyond, his grade is elite. Well, Johnson's kind of the worst. He's a lead at everything under 20. Um, but, um, zero to 10, he's, a, he's got an elite grade. A 10 to 20, he's got a elite grade, but not as good um, over 20. So they're um, both going to be there. And then if, you know, if Jair doesn't – play so you know Keyshawn will be in the slot I don't think they're going to move him outside I don't think they want to do that um but you know after Valentine and Valentine their next corner might be Robert Rochelle um and who the floor <laughs> mentioned who they just signed a couple of weeks ago yeah that would be uh that would be pretty dire and I'm I'm afraid that uh, George Pickens is going to try and have a, a get right game against us. So he's he's been a little grumpy over in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's been you know. the squeaky wheel begging for some targets. We'll see we'll see if uh, Talman is willing to uh, um, you know appease that or or uh, you know send him you know, tell him to take a hike. Yeah, I mean I hope, I hope Tomlin tells him to take a hike. 
Tomlin is is always pretty diplomatic and he's he's pretty good at handling the media. But when somebody asks him, like, what do you think of George Pickens, you know, making these tweets? He's like, I, I this isn't a reality show. Like, I don't care. And if I do care, <laughs> I'm happy because like he's you know, it means he's a competitor and he wants to, you know, uh, you know, get targets and do well. So. Um, yeah, yeah you don't I'm, really I'm find out that how, just you don't really find out it. how much of a problem those Steelers receivers are until they get sent to another team. <laughs> like exhibit exhibit A, Antonio Brown, exhibit yeah. B, Chase Claypool. Yeah. Um, so caveat emptor, if uh, anybody's trading for George Pickens in the near future. Right. Yeah, you don't want to get albatrossed. So that's we've kind of gone over the uh, the Steelers, what looks good from their perspective, and you know we're not we're not here just for that. We might pretend to be realists, but let's go on to where we think the the, the Packers have uh, the strengths here and what the exploitable weaknesses of the Steelers are. Uh sure. So the. Steelers uh, are only allowing a 59.6% completion percent uh, for uh, passes, which is the third best in the league. However, they are dead last in a loud yards per completion and eighth worst in allowed yards per attempt. Uh, so this means if the ball is, you know, getting out and on target, uh, they're usually getting some yards out of it. Uh, so like they're, uh, giving up like 200 more yards than the saints uh, with uh, a pretty much identical uh, allowed uh, completion percentage. Their uh, cornerbacks right now are the uh, rookie Joey Porter jr. Who is doing very well. Uh, He's ranked uh, 25th among quarterbacks by PFF. Uh, But their other starting corner is Patrick Peterson. Who's uh, all the way down at 91st. He's seen a little bit of a fall from grace. Uh, So it's, it's a little imbalanced uh, right now for their, their, their pass coverage. And since we don't have, you know, like a strict clear number one receiver for them to, uh, stick Joey Porter Jr. on, uh, we might be able to take advantage of of that a little bit more than uh, like the the Titans last year got pretty hard shut down because uh, Joey Porter was on DeAndre Hopkins and they didn't really have a good second option. Yeah, supporters look good. He's been a you know a quality pick for them. Yeah, but their other their other cornerbacks are all basically all graded poorly in coverage. Yeah. Uh, do you um, want to go with one of yours? I could go on. Yeah, I'll do one of mine. So the the steel. So we all know as Packer fans, the first halves have been abysmal, oh, you know, borderline unwatchable on offense. Mm-hmm. However, yep. the Steelers' first half offense by EPA per play is even worse than the Packers. <laughs> their EPA per dropback, so pass plays, is about the same as Green Bay, but their their expected points added per rush is even worse than the Packers. And that, you know, and you remember the, some of those back plays where they have plays where they forget to block somebody and just yeah. leave the uh, the nose tackle open to come into the backfield. And yet the Steelers are worse. And o- only only the Giants, the Giants and the Jets are worse in first half offense than the Steelers. That's the co- that's company you do not want to be named in <laughs> on, on offense. So this is a chance for the Packers to to uh, 
get an opponent in obvious passing downs, mm-hmm. um, which is something that the Packers defense has kind of been designed for for a while is that, you know, instead of getting just gashed in the run over and over again, if they can, um, they sort of built a rush the passer though, that, you know, let's see how, how that goes, especially with the, um, you know, under the third, third string cornerbacks. But uh, yeah, so I, the first half could be like three zero or zero zero in this game. Yeah, I, so I I almost had a section in this about punting because I figured that that might be such a big part of the game in the first half, but I wasn't able to find any meaningful punting statistics. So I'll, I'll have to nothing, save that nothing, for a different matchup. Nothing really to separate them in punting um, now, quality. Uh, uh, Daniel Whelan is is graded better uh, by PFF, but I cannot for the life of me figure out why. They're almost statistically identical otherwise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, maybe other... maybe it's time for uh, um, and and then the the packs were kind of mixing up there. Uh, who who does the returning? Sometimes Keyshawn, sometimes uh, Nixon, and sometimes Jane Reed. Mm-hmm. So maybe one of them, and they they've each had some decent returns. Um, so maybe one of them will uh, you know break one this time. Yep. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is uh, how immobile. Kenny Pickett is. Uh, so he isn't graded poorly as a uh, runner. He's 17th by PFF, but I he just doesn't really do it. Uh, so he averages less than one yard per carry. So he's he's not uh, a, a huge run amazing. threat. That, right? You know, what that, you know what that means? I mean, what it sounds like to be less than one yard is just like he must almost never run. And he just barely gets far enough so it doesn't count as a sack. Right. So, like, if you he think about a yard, it's by a half a yard and it's not a sack. Kenny Pickett is theoretically two yards tall. So if he falls <laughs> forward, that's two yards. Uh, and he's not even meeting that. So we, we don't need to worry about him getting away on his feet. So uh, hopefully that uh, frees up some of the Packers' resources to deal with uh, – Deontay Johnson, Jalen Warren, and George Pickens, if they don't have to worry about a, a – Kenny Pickett isn't a flight risk. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's not like one of those, one of those uh, games where you just can't play man coverage because the quarterback is going to be running downfield right behind you. Right, exactly. You turn your back on the line of scrimmage. Not a pro- it shouldn't be a problem with uh, with Kenny Pickett. Didn't realize yeah. he was that had, – had just that little running. Watch, he was going to go off for like – 80 yards. <laughs> um, so speaking of Kenny Pickett and kind of related to what I had said about the, the first half, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pile on some more um, per RBSDM um, is among QBs with more than 100 plays. He's 34th in composite EPA per play plus completion percentage over expected per play in the league. Only ahead of, Zach Wilson and PJ Walker. He is in fact so low in the first um, that the Colts, Giants, and Bears all have two QBs with better ratings than his. So in if the, if you did expand that chart out to uh, quarterbacks who have only played forty snaps, you will see Brett Ripon like way farther <laughs> over the t- way pickup. down on the tail. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did actually go down to see. I was trying to just uh, get players with a big enough, you know, sample size of uh, of offensive plays. But yeah, ripping, uh, <laughs> he's way out of the tail. By yeah. is he by himself? 
down there he's in pretty, the corner. He's pretty of that. close to if you, himself, do, if you do the graph yeah. of uh, the the COP, CPOE per play and EPA per play, is he like down way, way down in that corner by himself in the correct in the, in the zone you don't want to be? Exactly. Um, but one thing that's strange, um, in the fourth quarter, he's weirdly the second best in the league, only behind Josh Allen. Interesting. Um, yeah, so he has this really great fourth quarter, and they talk about how the the, the Steelers, even though they struggle on offense, so again they they make they they come through in winning time. Um, now, love for comparison is twentieth overall, so not as bad as as Pickett, and he moves up to in the second half to uh, um for the whole second half to second in the league behind Josh Allen again, and for the whole second half, Pickett is eighth. It's the fourth okay. quarter where he's really raising that average up to second. Got it. Um, per PFF, Pickett's turnover-worthy play percentage is the 12th lowest in the league. So not bad at taking care of the ball, but his on-target throw percentage is 34th in the league. It's about the same as Love's um, his on-target percentage, per, according to PFF. But Got that's it. with an average depth of target of only 7.1, which is the 25th shortest compared to Love's average depth of target is of 8.5, which is the sixth highest. So they're having about the similar depth of um, accuracy um, on, on target throw percentage, but Love is throwing it further downfield. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny Pickett has 60 throws to Jalen Warren with an dot of negative 1.3. So that, <laughs> that's, that's gonna, dragging that's that drag average your down. Average down big time. That's a large volume too. Yes, so I don't yeah, think he's I, getting numbers. So I don't think that's going to be like just a couple of plays really affecting your average, and you should be looking at the uh, the, the median instead. It's still going to be yeah. low. I, I I'd be curious to see what it is uh, separated out for only receivers, um, but that wasn't something I looked into. I looked at the heat map for uh, where George Pickens and uh, Deontay Johnson are, and it you know it's all beyond the line of line of scrimmage. Uh, but it's pretty balanced. Uh, yeah, I, and relative to has, side of the okay, field at okay. least, and then, but you can see that they're, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson is is one band like ten yards out, and then Pickens is is the right. next band. Pickens has kind of made his hay as a pro with the downfield targets and contested catches. Yeah, he wants um, he wants highlight reel uh, eligible things only. Yeah, he wants to moss somebody. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for the mossing. Yeah, and, and the and the uh, and the replays. Um, so those were the things that I had in ways that uh, the, the Steelers are have weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And so then from there we we'll go to uh, you know how would we like the Packers to approach the game in terms of specific strategies. Um, I can go first. Do you want to go first? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. So. Um, I'll start with, I want them to make quick passes, maybe on slants to try to negate the impact of the pass rush. The Steelers' primary slot defenders are former Packer, Shannon Sullivan, and Minka Fitzpatrick, who's out, and Patrick Peterson. So they've taken the most snaps in the slot on defense for the Steelers. And all of them have below average coverage grades by PFF. So I think this is an area of the field where the Packers can take advantage. And, you know, for them... Reed lines up the most in the slot, so it could be a big day for him. And I, I think if they can 
get rid of the ball quickly. It may have some uh, um, help them getting getting uh, avoiding some of the falling by the chains because of sacks and pressures. Mm-hmm. And and I think some of those sacks that they've been giving up lately, or maybe all season, are love holding the ball too long. So if they get try to design design quick hitters, maybe it'll help. Right, and they they should be able to work those in if they know they're not dealing with uh, hard blanketing. Uh, people in the in the slot and in those uh medium yardage scenarios yeah i think there's going to be maybe some space to uh find some openings there Mm -hmm. what did you have uh so uh i'm we've sort of touched on this a little bit in the other segments but uh i'm hoping the packers don't lose the game in the first quarter uh so with the steelers you know with their they they're slow and steady uh approach to offense and by that i mean they're not really scoring much and not getting many yards uh we if we don't make mistakes if we don't turn over the ball um the packers like they have the offensive capabilities to perform well in this game uh so uh avoiding the early penalties early turnovers uh this is going to be a game where I'll miss be... Block, miss, miss blocking assignments, which miss, seemed better yep. last game. Yeah. Uh, if if they're... This is a game where I'll be happy even if they're... If they're making consistent field goals, uh, I'll feel good about that. Uh, in some matchups, every t- if the Packers get a field goal, I'm like, ooh, that's... We're not, we're not coming back <laughs> from that. But uh, that's not going to be the case here. They yeah, can just play is... like smart, consistent offense, and that'll be enough to get the job done. Yeah, Steelers have been living a lot on field goals. I think uh, this is not yep. like trading field goals for touchdowns with the with the Dolphins or something. No, no, the, the field goal for for field goal is going to be fine for the most part. I, another thing that I'd like to see them do, which kind of uh, um, schematically, is establish Aaron Jones early again, like they did last game. It doesn't always have to be like success on every play. It just needs to be good enough that they can stay on schedule and have both the run and the pass plays as available options mm-hmm. um, so that the defense has to respect them and can't just like pin their ears back and, and rush full into the quarterback. Um, as mentioned this, a bit before, the Steelers' run defense is not as good as their pass defense by DVOA. Yeah, um, 16th in the league by PFF is 18th in the league, so they both they agree pretty well. And their adjusted line yards on defense is actually really poor by DVOA, 27th in the league. So that's basically how much of the run stopping um, is can be attributed to the defense the defensive front. Mm-hmm. So I think there's. There's ability for the Packers to um, have some success running, and I think it'll maybe also help them keep keep love upright and <laughs> be able to com- complete some passes. Yep. Um, so then we can go on to don't take your eye off that guy, and this is actually what I have in here is very closely related, so I could I could jump in. Yeah, go ahead. Um, continue next because uh, it's it's almost the same. So it's just, I'm just continuing the same uh, topic, breaking the paragraphs between sections on the on the outline here. 
but Cam Hayward is playing. So first time this says if Cam Hayward plays, watch for the run blocking battle between him and the Green Bay interior offensive line. Um, he has lined up in the B gap over half the time, which would put him against Jenkins or Runyon, if Runyon even plays, or it could be like Jenkins or Ryan, or you know maybe it could be Ryan and Runyon and Jenkins is in left tackle because they don't have anybody else to play with tackles. You know, there's all kinds of things that can be happening here. Last year. Um, Hayward was sixth in PFF grade uh, on run deep, uh, run defense amongst defensive linemen. So he doesn't have that many snaps yet this year. And two years ago, he led all defensive linemen in run defense grade. Um, so, so he's missed a lot this year. And so maybe that's one of the reasons why um, the Steelers have not been as good in run defense. Um, they were 10th best last year as opposed to being 18th best this year. Um, and I really want to have something the Packers, not even this year, but for a while now, when the run defense just gets stuffed, and they have trouble running up the middle, or getting, which you know, earlier this year and other years, feels like the whole offense just bogs down, and they can't. And get it anything feels done. like they keep trying it too. So I, I was, I was looking earlier to see, uh, you know, where where Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon run, and it's a lot of in the middle. Uh, not a not a single end around, no jet sweeps, none of that for sure. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not a, not a single one, but it's just a lot at the um, you know middle left, middle right, and and that's the vast majority of it. Yeah. And when it doesn't and so work, what... it really looks like it doesn't work, and it's it's hard to understand uh, as a as a bystander why they're trying it again because yep. sometimes I don't know what they're expecting like... to be different is. And, and so we get like no push by the offensive line. There's just nowhere right. to go. Just run yeah. into the backs of blockers or right into the defenders. Exactly. Um, which one reason I kind of liked what Ryan was doing in the last game and like to see him get some more chances. Um, mm-hmm. It was nice actually last game. We've thinking of end arounds, you know, we, Tommy and I've talked a little bit how like they first few weeks of the season, they try like every one of those seem to be a drive killer, like a <laughs> reverse or a jet sweep or something and just tackle somebody for an eight yard loss. But we had a successful one last week. For uh, Jaden Reed, when yes, going yeah. up, uh, so, the, so it's like, ooh, it worked. Yeah, I so. I like those uh, plays. I you know I I don't know what their uh, league wide success rate is, but to me, it always uh, it feels like there's at least a chance, uh, especially if you're you're going up against a, a defense that's stifled you a little bit. Uh, so. Yeah, Maybe especially we'll get see him a little to bit of that creativity if we run into trouble tomorrow. Or uh, for the love of God, please give the ball to somebody with some speed. Yes, <laughs> we've seen the Packers do that before, and like, how did you think in any world that like Al Lazard was going to be able to get around the corner on that play, for example? Right. Yeah, Just or... a random example. I don't know what makes that one pop into my head. Do you have anybody uh, that you so want to that... keep an eye on? Yeah, uh, I I had two. I had uh, Jalen Warren, uh, just because you guys are always talking about that uh, Kamara performance, and I'm always on the lookout (laughs) for the next person who's going to do it to us. Who's going to have their breakout game? (laughs) Don't you hate it when you're watching your team and they seem to turn um, (laughs) basic average players into stars? It's like, oh yeah, this guy looks like an all-pro now. Yeah, everyone touched the Space Jam basketball before they played against us. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping Jalen Warren doesn't, uh, you know, 
it be, become become the clear RB one in uh, in this <laughs> game specifically. Uh, and then my other eye is on uh, whoever's the whoever uh, the Packers wide receiver two ends up being on the day. Uh, so they've been spreading the ball around fairly well. It kind of could be anyone, but uh, whoever Joey Porter Jr. is not covering is uh, they they could have an exciting day. Uh, since the uh, Steelers uh, secondary is uh, kind of weak, uh, so it's a big drop off. Yeah, could could be Wicks, could be Reed. Yep, could be Watson. Whoever's getting the second most. I mean, people think of the wide uh, Watson's wide receiver, wide receiver one. But we maybe just think about who's going to get the second most targets in this game, or who's not going to be covered by um, by Porter. Yep, I almost said yeah, so I, I pick it. It's like, wait, this is a different name that starts with a P. I don't think, I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to be out there covering anybody. I wish yeah, he would. <laughs> Crunch. <laughs> yep, yeah, he might get, uh, they might target him. Uh, he might even throw him the ball, like longest yard style. He had a quarterback <laughs> in there on defense. That would be, uh, that would be something. That'll be Taysom Hill's next job, I'm sure. <laughs> Play middle linebacker. Or yeah. oh, you mean if they or, or the guy to hit him? <laughs> Doesn't matter <laughs> either one. Um. Uh, so then, then I have a little, little. We have a little overtime. Anything we haven't talked about yet? Uh, we wanted to discuss that uh, we didn't manage to shoehorn into the any of the other categories. Yeah, so I I was looking to talk about uh, quarterback performance under pressure specifically. So uh, with how much we've been talking about uh, the uh, uh, pass rush that we're going to be dealing with, uh, I figured we should talk a little bit about how Jordan Love has been doing in those uh, pressured situations. And it's not great. Uh, The graded uh, fairly poorly. uh, And so... Uh, Jordan Love's uh, completion rate generally sits at 64.5%. Uh, but when he's under pressure, it drops all the way down to 43.3%, which is uh, not going to be great. So, uh, That's pre- precipitous. Yeah. Uh, um, so Kenny Pickett's drop, it's, uh, he's uh been pressured on 40.6% of snaps that's a crazy high number <laughs> but it it doesn't really affect him that much so this uh Kenny Pickett when they're driving well he actually has a pretty good tempo and pretty good time to throw um so his his completion rate uh is regularly 66.2 and when pressured only drops to 52.4 so he's still connecting on passes half the time and you know they're negative 1.8 yard passes to Jalen Warren <laughs> but it's it's still a completion uh and uh like so in quick throw uh situations uh Kenny Pickett is averaging six percent higher completion rate and uh 1.6 more yards per attempt uh than Jordan Love yeah kind of related to that I was I was looking for some something similar to see what would come out of it and I noticed that um, for PFF, Pickett's, you know, like everybody's great, it comes down under pressure, but mm-hmm. it didn't, it doesn't come down as much as a, on average. So it's actually his PFF grade um, when kept clean, I forget how low it is. 
um, in terms of its ranking in the in the league. But his PFF grade under pressure, he actually moved up the ranking. Um, <laughs> so it, his 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 grade got worse, but you know it went down like you know let's just say um, to pull a number out of you know where. Mm-hmm. went down 10 points while other on, on average that people go down like 15 points or more. So he actually, instead of being like 25th in the league, he was like eight, 16th or something. He actually right. did relatively better. Not that he got better, but compared to his peers, compared to the rest of the quarterbacks on average. Um, for me, I was, um, I'm jumping on a trend with a very small sample size and we're going to ride this thing until it, you know, I fall flat on my face since, since week we'll, five, we'll get to N equals 30. Eventually <laughs> it'll happen. It'll happen since week five, just the last four games, green Bay is eighth in rushing EPA per play on defense after being 27th in the league over the first four games. Um, and they've given up 3.3 yards per carrier less than three of the last four games. So the outlier being when they got kind of trucked by the Broncos, if they can shut down the Steelers run game, it can make it easier um, overall on defense, um, make them one dimensional and then mm-hmm. be able to um, take care of the Steelers, the rest of the Steelers, really not very good offense. So hopefully the Packers will actually, actually figure this out and it will continue and not just be like a, you know, a three game blip on the radar. Right. But you know, it could blow up in my face. We'll see. <laughs> um, so bottom line, um, what do the Steelers have to do to win? Uh, I think if the Packers get behind early uh, and have the the game errors uh, that they've been making when behind, uh, the Steelers' offense really isn't going to have to do anything, and they'll be able to to win uh, in in that way. Yeah, for me, it was just if. TJ Watt blow, just destroys the offensive game plan, a la what Max Crosby did both to the run and pass game um, when the Packers played the Raiders earlier this year. If it's another repeat of that, then it could be a long day for the Packers' offense. They just won't be able to get anything done. In which case, they might end up losing, you know, nine to three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's gonna, um, on the other hand, um, I, the, the Packers win if blank. And for uh, me, oh, go ahead. I, Sorry. Um, I think if they could just win the turnover battle, um, as mentioned above, the Steelers have been outgained on the year and outscored, but are one of the league leaders in turnover differential. So, so far, the Steelers have not won a single game without winning the turnover battle this year. Week two versus the Browns, plus two on turnovers, win by only four points. Week three against the Raiders, plus three in turnovers and only win by five. Week five <laughs> against the Raiders, Ravens, plus two on turnovers and win by seven. Week seven against Rams, plus one in turnovers, win by seven. And week nine against the Titans, plus one on turnovers, win by four. And their three losses, they lost the turnover battle by one twice. And and they managed to win the turnover battle against the Jags and still lost. So the Packers, on the other hand, they managed to win twice while losing um, or without winning the turnover battle. So I think if they just don't, don't, uh, Turn the ball over, or don't you don't lose it? I think they've got a they got a pretty good chance, but that has been the, the the Steelers' defense so far this year rescuing their offense. Yep. 
And and uh, my Packers win if uh, touch touches a little bit on this the defense rescuing uh, their their offense. So if the Steelers defense can't prevent the Packers from playing a balanced game, uh, I think the Packers have a shot. If the Packers always have offensive options, uh, this they'll have a lot more opportunities this game if they can uh, mix it up between uh, passing and running. And and not let the Steelers just uh, you know shut down shut down the passing uh, game while ahead. Um, I think the Packers have a shot. Mm-hmm. And Which some of that may also my score help. Prediction. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say some of that may actually help with the uh, the turnover uh, problem as well. Though they managed right. to both you managed to you know fumble the ball last week instead of throwing interceptions. Yeah, got got creative with that one. Was oh, especially one of the only especially Dontavian Wicks's fumble. Like I said, that was creative. You managed to. Ugh. They say they say the ground can't cause a fumble, but uh, not it can sometimes if you manage to fall sometimes. down and fumble it without being touched. Yep, baffling. Right into right into somebody's hands. <laughs> it gets the sideline too. It's like how did that not go out of bounds or touch the paint or nothing? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but score prediction. Uh, so I think the Steelers are going to win 20 to 10. Uh, I think that at least 10 of those points are going to come from extremely short fields. Uh, I think there's going to be a short field touchdown and a short field field goal after inopportune turnovers. I think for the Steelers to get to 20 points, it's going to have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have I have a uh, well a closer but also low scoring game. Um, what did I say the over the over under um, was like thirty nine points? I think so. I don't yeah, I don't think there's a chance. That's shocking. I have the, <laughs> I have the Steelers winning this game seventeen to thirteen. And and frankly, my optimism for the score getting that high is not is is not very high. Yeah. The. Uh... The over/under has an implied score of twenty-one to eighteen, which I yeah. think is generous and also difficult to a- attain. But ignoring <laughs> We're that, we have you know <laughs> six field goals. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the Steelers will have a defensive touchdown, a safety, um, and four field goals. Yep. There we like go. That. That's gonna be the that's gonna be the day. It's gonna be. Beautiful football. <laughs> um, but that wraps it up, um, listeners. Uh, so if you're, you know, looking where to find us, I, you know, you can find us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. Um, and we also tweet out um, any news or updates we find interesting on uh, Twitter. The artist formerly known as Twitter. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be, um, continuing to talk about this game we'll, and we'll talk, um, talk about it afterwards and just any updates that happened before the game, we'll, we'll, uh, send out some messages, but, uh, until, until next time, go Pack go. Go Pack go. <laughs>